tatted up, I'm gassed up, I'm sold off and I'm buck wild. Riding rowdy, I'm a son of a dirty son. That southern playlistic, Willie smoking whiskey, sipping southern like my mama's kitchen, gravy biscuits, fried chicken, back rolls, I'm still tipping, wood wheel, I'm still gripping, stand strong, no ass kissing, old school ass whipping. Come from the bottom, nothing is a problem, say get them, I got them, I promise, my roots are blue collar, the boys from the holler, do anything that they can just for a dollar, pit bulls in the yard, broken up cars, I'm like fuck it, I'm hot, I pull up trailer park, dipping with the double wide Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John DeBarry, my co-host, Matt Walker, and brought to you, as always, by our friends at Expand the Box Scores. So, we are uh, almost finished with our divisional breakdowns. One to go after today, but today we are going with the NFC South. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> as a division, yuck. Uh, some interesting moves, I think, uh, for all the teams involved here. It's a little arms race to the bottom, for lack of a better term. Someone's got to win this division and lose the first round of the playoffs. So why can't it be us mentality? But Someone's got to host and lose a wild card game. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> who's going to lose to the team from the NFC West? But Or East. <clears throat> Maybe not. I don't know. Do you think Dallas? Dallas beats <laughs> Topic for another day. Any but. four of these teams. On any location. Oh, they lose. <laughs> I'm just curious who's going to be the oh. extra team out of the East. But that is neither here nor there. We're talking about the South. So, Walk, how are you, and where do you want to start? Ah, doing great as I as I jumped in a little earlier than than normal, just because I couldn't, couldn't hold my breath about this shitty division anymore. And I think we, we previously discussed which South is worse during the AFC South. Well, the AFC South has, has, I think, leveled up a little bit. I'm I'm high on Jacksonville, and then I think you're higher on Tennessee. And at least they're they're clearly going for it. You know, they go and get DeAndre Hopkins. I think they have a, I don't, I don't say formidable, but, you know, a, a quality offense to put out on the field right now. So I, I now am strongly in the camp that the NFC South is by far the worst division in the NFL this year. It, was last year uh, as well. At a losing record, Tampa Bay team had no right getting drug into the playoffs, in my uh, humble opinion. But yeah, it was also an unceremonious end to Tom Brady's career. So, <laughs> no <marriage>. better place to, <laughs> and marriage. Yeah, because no better place than those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, what they do? Well, they looked at themselves in the mirrors and said, "All right, time to rebuild." We have we kicked so much money into winning a championship that it's it's time to hit that reset button. So we're gonna give Baker Mayfield a one year four million dollar deal that maxes out at eight point five million dollars with incentives. We're gonna go get that's Chase. That's all Evans he's getting the- paid. That's all he's getting paid. I had no idea. That's all, that's all he can potentially get paid. I, I he is not yeah. seeing eight point five million. He's getting wow. he's getting like low end backup money. Yeah. That's not that's less than. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Low end backup money. Like he wishes he was Jacoby Brissett at this point in time. <laughs> that's <laughs> right? crazy. Yeah, trash, trash contract. I mean, he he just literally wants a place he can potentially start. It's clearly not about the money for Baker. He just wants to continue to try and prove the NFL that he's a, a starting NFL quarterback, which he's not. Chase Edmonds got a one year deal <laughs> as well. He's something behind Rashad White, but you know, outside Arizona, he 
totally fell on his face when given the opportunity in Miami, but maybe he's better suited as a, as a beta back. You know, he's a good pass catcher in that offense, which clearly is a, a huge function of it. That's all they did in free agency. Offensively in the draft, didn't commit a lot of resources to the offensive either, at least skill position. They went and got Trey Palmer, stole Trey Palmer in the sixth round, six fourteen. That kid fell way too far, in my opinion. And I believe he's going to start in three wide receiver sets by midseason. He's going to take bum-ass Russell Gage's job as they start looking forward to the future. So he's going to be the youth in that aged three wide set. So where's Vegas project him? Over-under set at six and a half plus 120 on the over. That's just embarrassing. They won eight games last year. Equally embarrassing with Tom Brady and company, a quarterback in this sorry division. But, you know, what wouldn't you give up for a Lombardi trophy? All right. uh, Well, the Bucs gave up roughly the next two to three years of their organization because they are now just fixing their cap and restructuring their way out of uh, (laughs) financial woes. They're the Rams East. Listen, spoiler alert. We're talking about the West later, and I have the Rams, so that will be discussed. But currently, Tampa Bay has the second lowest cap space available this year, middle of the pack next year, and they slightly get above mid-grade by 2026 as far as cap dollars committed. So they are restarting as far as restarting goes, which explains why they did little to nothing in free agency and gave a minuscule contract incentive laid into Baker Mayfield just to put a product on the field for a year. Okay. Brady's long gone and Baker and Trask aren't going to keep that pirate ship afloat in 2023. Fournette's also gone, which leaves the entirety of this backfield to Rashad White. The running back position saw 147 targets last year, which represents a 20.3 target share for the Tampa Bay backs. Now their total attempts are going to fall without Tom Brady, possibly as much as 200 attempts. But their percentage is probably going to remain about the same. So I'm going to say that Rashad White's looking at 70 to 75 targets in this offense this year. You tell me he gets that plus 200 carries, he's a value uh, as an RB2 in your in your you know redrafts or targeting him as you know a uh, a trade target is you know he didn't have the best rookie season. He's not getting all that shine. He's not even ranked all that highly in dynasty rankings. I think there's some value to be gained in Rashad White, short and longer term. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are still formidable duo, but Godwin is going to be the main beneficiary due to his short A dot. I don't see Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask cutting it loose for contested catch Mike Evans as much as they're going to be looking underneath for like a Chris Godwin. And then our guy Cade Otten is a decent, decent sleeper. He quietly saw 65 rookie year targets, and now there's even less competition in the tight end room this year with Cameron Brate being gone. So there's some value to be mined in this Tampa team. They're going to suck. They're going to have to try and score points to some degree. So in a PPR world, those receivers are going to have value because they're being devalued all over the place. I like Rashad White, and I think Kate Otten is sneaky as like your tight end too if you really punt tight end as a dude who can see 80 or 90 targets this year in that offense. Yeah, I'm a big Otten fan. Um, you had the biggest win total. You said six and a half, right? Yeah. So they're, they're among the, the bottom teams uh, league-wide. Well, they should be. We had a giant discrepancy here. You picked them for four, and somehow, magically, I had them for ten. <laughs> I don't know. Don't when know you said big I... discrepancy, I'm like, 
was I high on them? <laughs> like that was my first thought of like, well, I couldn't pay ten. And, yeah, so, I believe that is our running the division. We had a, so, I think I did. They're, they're tied with New England as our two biggest discrepancies. We had six win difference. Both both I had as ten, and you had as four. So, yeah, I mean, and, I'll I, I'll say. I'm a, I'm always a little bit concerned about New England because they're another one of those teams that aren't typically like bad, bad, like like bad for them. It's like 500-ish, yeah. like eight or nine, nine or eight. So that one I could cop to. I don't see a world where Tampa Bay wins eight games. Like, I don't. I, I, I don't. I can't believe that it's possible for a Baker Mayfield-led team with Todd Bowles at head coach to win 10 NFL games. I mean, the the thing they have going for them, which every team in the division has going for them, is they get to play six so, games in this dog shit division. <laughs> so, But I feel like yeah, the rest I, of the division all got better. Every single team got better this offseason. Some notably better, in my opinion. Uh, I would say got, two for sure. Tampa Atlanta got notably is, worse. Mm, yeah. I agree. But, but Tampa got notably worse. Hey, but who's got the sweetest uniforms in the division? I mean, listen, if they're going to go back to the creamsicles, we got some creamsicle. (laughs) I'm all in on uh, those creamsicle jerseys for Tampa Bay. But yeah, I just uh, I think this is going to be a a tough year for those Fairweather Bucks fans. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how I got to ten. That was a a shocker. You have to reevaluate your life. That is a true story. All right, let's see. I'm going to move. I guess I'll go to Atlanta. So the Atlanta Falcons this offseason, what did they do? They brought in uh, free agent quarterback Tyler Heineke. They brought in wide receiver Mac Collins and Scotty Miller. And I saw both those moves and thought, Ugh, who cares about those guys? And then I checked out their depth chart and guess who are <laughs> two of their three starting wide receivers? Why? Okay. It's Mac Collins and Scotty Miller. So it's great as they can- are. Bigger and bigger by the year. That dude looks like way close to a tight end at this point. If you saw any of those camp videos, he's massive. Not. He's massive. So, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you were talking about getting some values late in drafts. I mean, we think Atlanta's going to stink, so they're going to have to pass. If Drake London is any good, defenses are going to go that way to stop him. I think Hollins can end up with some good looks this year, which – he was not someone that was really on my radar until I did this uh, little prep for this division. I'm like, ah, he's probably not a bad flyer just based on what we've seen from this team. So that was all they brought in offensively. Not much. Heineke, uh, you know, his, his hasn't get necessarily gotten a fair shake at the NFL level. He's going to be behind Ritter here to start. But if, if, if Ritter falters, Heineke is, I would say, one of the better backups. He's got quite a few starts under his belt. Um, what did they lose in free agency? They got rid of Marcus Mariota and Olamide Zacchaeus. So Zacchaeus would have been one of their starting wide receivers. So on paper, that's a big loss. And in the trade market, they brought in Janu Smith, who at the time, I didn't think it was a significant trade. I didn't think it mattered to him for fantasy purposes or for, for our needs and dynasty. However... I mentioned this terrible, atrocious wide receiver room. Whether they want to or not, they probably are going to have to run quite a few two tight end sets, and I I think Smith is a fan of that. So 
having Janu on the field with Pitts, with Drake London, with probably Mac Hollins, that's a pretty jumbo group of receivers, especially if you're going against a team with smaller corners. So I don't hate it. And when you look at just who else is out there to catch passes, Janu Smith has way more experience and has proven at the NFL level more than most of the guys on the roster. So I thought that was kind of interesting once they started digging through their depth chart. In the draft this year, what did they do? First round, eighth pick overall, dynasty, darling, stud, all-world running back, B. John Robinson. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he's going to be catching passes because, boy, this team's going to stink. Uh, can't see them using him as heavily as we want. Although I think they showed some stuff where Smith runs it in like the worst running scenarios in the league. So maybe the, maybe the volume will be there no matter how bad they are. Uh, rest of the draft, second round, they went offensive tackle, third round, defensive end, fourth round, cornerback, seventh round, safety, seventh round, another offensive lineman. So that was the only move they made on offense. Overall, it's a pretty lackluster uh, off season for a team that needs help on offense. I mean, to <clears throat> bring in Hollins and Scotty Miller when there were other names out there in free agency, drafting Bijan. I mean, you're not – we mentioned teams not getting better. Are, are the Falcons better? I don't know. I mean, if, if Bijan's any good, it's good for us in fantasy, but I don't know if they necessarily translate to wins at the NFL level. So – it's going to be an interesting year. You see kind of what they have in place and what they're looking to do, but I don't think they got much help for <clears throat> Esmond Ritter. They're going to throw him under center and go, ah, go out there and win us some games, kid. But they didn't put any weapons around them to make it happen. The, the guy I actually like in this offense now, again, this year kind of goes in, in cycles, but I don't see how Cordero Patterson isn't heavily involved in the passing game, just looking at the team's depth chart. So if you're looking for a late round dart, Patterson seems to be a a real sharp play in my opinion, because there's just nobody else here to catch balls. It's devoid of talent. Yeah. I mean, few, few things here. Taylor Heineke has had more than enough starts to show us what he is. He's 25 starts in his NFL career. He is a backup. So Taylor Heineke has done everything he's going to do. As Would a starter you rather have Heineke or Baker Mayfield for a as season? My, as a starter? Yes. They're literally the exact same person. Wow. <laughs> right, minus, Heineke. minus a couple a couple zeros of their bank account, probably. But undersized gamer quarterbacks that aren't meant to start in the NFL. That's That's the bucket. That they both fall in, in my opinion. And then Johnny Smith. No, I'm a Johnny Smith fan. His best season came in 2020. The last season that Arthur Smith was the OC at the Tennessee Titans, where Johnny Smith saw 65 targets, had 41 catches for 448 yards and eight touchdowns for the Tennessee Titans in an offense that also had Arthur, Juan, A.J. Brown, and your boy Corey Davis in it, soaking up 106 and 100, and sorry, 106 and 92 targets, respectively. So, not saying there's a, not saying there's a chance, but I'm saying there's a chance for a well-defined Johnu Smith role in this offense. Because to your point, there is really nothing behind Kyle Pitts and Drake London as far as proven pass catchers are concerned. So Johnny Smith might see a lot of time 
as kind of that blocking tight end for them. It sneaks out and catches his fair share of passes again, as he's a, he's a hell of an after to catch athlete. And then to your point, Cordero Patterson as well. I'm pretty sure I've read somewhere that he's a lot of his camp time has been back with the wide receivers again, because they just don't need him. He's, he's now multiple injuries away from factoring in, in the run game, right? Algiers, the clear backup to Bijan. So now we're talking best case. He's RB three on the team. So leveraging him as like a slot receiver. Yeah. Would be, uh, he's pretty creative. Take away the (laughs) position designation. You you just said he's probably RB three. He's probably wide receiver too, right? <laughs> he's better than Matt Collins and Scotty Miller. Yeah. I mean, he's he's definitely ascending up the, the wide receiver depth chart <laughs> in Atlanta. <laughs> so the problem is Atlanta just went and won too many games last year. I mean, I just I get I get it. These coaches, they're not assured anything that they have to win. They don't get to bottom it out. But shit, if this team could have found its way into a CJ Shroud with the talent they had on offense. You know, a, you know, Anthony Richardson, even fucking Bryce Young, any of these guys, it's a franchise changing trajectory for them. I mean, other than, you know, they had to settle for Bijan, you know, which fits well in this Arthur Brown offense, but it's, it's not going to win you Super Bowls and it's not going to make Desmond Ritter a better quarterback. Who's, right. Who's so now Arthur all they Brown? did was, and then, this, huh? Who's Arthur Brown? Arthur Smith. Uh, fuck, who, who <laughs> I was, oh, I was looking at AJ Brown as Arthur Juan Brand, which is probably why it's stuck <laughs> in my head. Arthur Smith, um, you know, is just they're going to be stuck in purgatory. They're going to be an average team last year. What, what was their win total last year? They won like seven last games? year eight games. Skip that. They won seven games, seven and ten yeah. last year. This year projected eight and a half. You had them at seven. I got them at five. So. We're both under. You're a little closer than me. Yeah. Well, the Falcons have gone seven and ten exactly the last two seasons. So that's they're they're the new Jeff Fishers. Arthur Brown Smith is the new Jeff Fisher of the NFL. So ring up another seven win season for these Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Dirty birds. <laughs> All right. Well, the only one I have left before you the finish class. The class of the NFC Yeah. The New Orleans Saints. Free agency. They went and severely overpaid Derek Carr. Four years, $150 million with $100 million in total guarantees. They re-signed Jameis Winston. Get this. To a one-year, $4 million deal with an $8 million max. Who does that sound like? (laughs) That sounds very much like one Baker... Whatever Baker's Mayfield, I guarantee Baker's middle name. Dueling number one picks. What is Baker Mayfield's middle name? I was going to guess it. I knew it was weird. Reagan. Baker Reagan Mayfield. <laughs> to make it similar money to James Winston living his best life in New Orleans. <laughs> Jamal the Slug Williams. Three years, $12 million. Michael Thomas, they gave a one mil. They redid his deal, something to his deal. Gave him one mil. Uh, one year, ten million, with a max value of fifteen million. The dude hasn't played football in like two two years, and they're like, uh, "Yeah, we'll guarantee you ten million, and you can make up to fifteen if you stay on the field." Then they're like, "Juwan Johnson, you need to stay. Two years, twelve million. Foster Moreau, beat cancer, come play for us too. Three years, twelve million dollars. And for some fucking reason, hey, thirty-seven year old Jimmy Graham, you didn't even play football last year, but you started here. One year, one point three million dollars." 
come be our tight end four in this offense. Absolutely insane. I've seen. This will tell you how much that was off the radar for me. I have seen his name float around. And I thought people were making jokes about the Saints olden days. I had no fucking clue that guy was even on a NFL roster. John, it was honestly like Twitter was like, it's a one one day contract, right? So he can retire as a saint. Like that was literally just widely assumed that they were just signing him back so he can retire as a saint. And, you know, do whatever, put his name on the fucking ring of honor, whatever they do down in North. No, 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 no. They brought him in to play football, John. Didn't guarantee him a ton of money, but I can't say he doesn't make the team. You don't bring him back. He doesn't agree to come back after a year out to to get cut or so. Jimmy Graham will be on the team as their tight end four, which is mind blowing. I was so convinced it wasn't real. I didn't even bother Googling it. I was like, no, ah, well, listen, I finally just looked up must the must be some. It didn't get disclosed jokes. because it's $1.3 million. That's why it wasn't disclosed at first. But no, no, they just they didn't love Jimmy Graham. In the draft, they went and stole Kendra Miller at 3-8. Love the pick. Love, I'm loving the player more and more by the day. That fucking kid's mentality is everything I want in my NFL running back where it's pretty much I don't give a fuck. Who's in the room with me? It's my room. <laughs> my room. Yeah. Like, my name's on the door. No, it's not. It is now. It's my room. Eat, eat faces attitude with two established veterans like Alvin Kamara and Jamal Williams. And this dude's coming in all about that business. <laughs> Love him. Yeah. Love him. Huge. Hard to tackle, too. I mean, it goes, goes with the whole personality. Love. Uh, yeah. He's, listen, he, he has he's a not, chance to be my favorite running back. Yeah. He's not just talk. He's, he's definitely yeah. not just talk. Then he went and got Jake Hayner, who's like the polar opposite at 425. A.T. Perry fell tremendously to midday three. They got him at 618. Good value add. Big body underperformer in college. That's it from skill positions as far as the draft. Won seven games last year. It's a common theme with this division. Seven or eight wins. That's, that's, what, you were, that's what you were allotted last year per uh, Roger Goodell. Well, they're now, their total is now projected over under nine and a half plus 105 on the over uh, at nine and a half. So projected to be a winning team, projected to win the division. Not saying much again, but I mean, listen, pushing a 10 win team is, is, is saying something here. So the Saints outward refusal just to bottom out is almost comical at this point in time. You know, I, I already told you they overpaid for Derek Carr, who is league average. They overpaid for slug Jamal Williams, who is below league average and then they paid for michael thomas who is who knows what <laughs> at this point in time oh and then just to reiterate they dug up 37 year old jimmy graham and gave him 1.3 million dollars to back up juan johnson Foster Moreau, and Taysom hill who's now fully committed to being a tight end again last i read only in the week nfc south could this team be considered a favorite to win the division and have an above average uh Win total prop. I could easily see them going six and zero in this division and struggling to find three wins outside of it. Yeah, you, you lost your Vegas has a nine and a half, and I. My hair still got me. You're good now. Start again. Yeah, Vegas has them at nine and a half. You somehow got them to 11 wins. I staggeringly got them 
to 12. So with them at 12 and Tampa at 10, I have two see South in the playoffs this year. All right. Your audio is trash right there. Um, delayed again. You were talking. Just there was no no words. It was delayed. I got you. Well, after the fact, why don't we try cutting cams and seeing what happens at, at this point? We'll, we'll forge on with them. I heard you said I had them at 10 and you had them at 12. Is that correct? Want me to just do the whole thing again? Sure. Vegas has it nine and a half. You had them somehow got them to 11 wins. I shockingly got them to 12. So that means I have New Orleans and Tampa both squeezing into the NFC playoffs in this dog shit division. <laughs> I, I'd love to go back and see where I penciled those wins in because I assume just one of them would have a good total and the other one would suck because they're someone's going six and zero in division. But apparently not. I got them beating somebody. Yeah, I mean that's a that's 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 a tough pill to swallow. Um, only in the <laughs> NFC. Only in the NFC could these teams be projected for double-digit wins and, and playoff bursts. Oh, I forgot. They also recently hosted your boy Kareem Hunt in New Orleans after they finalized the three-game suspension for, for Alvin Kamara. So they're looking for a pass catcher uh, in the interim because sure as shit, Jamal Williams ain't a pass catcher, and they probably just don't want to rely on rookie Kendra Miller out of the gate. So Kareem Hunt might get a short stay in New Orleans until Alvin Kamara comes back in week four, it looks like. So there's still not a lot of market out there for, for Mr. Hunt, who could be looking for work again come uh, come October. I, I like the fit for real-life football. I don't know sure, if I like yeah. it for for anyone in fantasy. I think it sucks for for every yeah, single I mean, person. Have to accept, yeah, like next to nothing. I mean, they gave Jamal Williams $4 million, which is way too much. What, what are they going to offer Kareem Hunt? That minimum? Maybe, you know mill and a half, two mil to come play on a one-year non-guaranteed deal. I mean, that's besties, besties looking at. I don't even think he gets to two. No, nah, that's why I said Probably. mill and a half. Yeah, I mean, like one million with, you know, a couple hundred thousand guaranteed. You know, or he's probably looking at a per game type thing, honestly. Cause that is, uh, I can see them signing rough. Cream Hunt after week one so they don't have to guarantee his contract at all, you know, and then just keeping him on until they can get – Kamara up to speed, and he literally just makes game checks until they release him. Oh, what a what a world for running back! Yeah, how the how the mighty have fallen. But yeah, right. that's my New Orleans Saints. So finishes the moving off. Moving close this out with the Carolina Panthers. So you know we we've done this a few times where teams are in a rebuild, and we see who's available in free agency and what they can do in the draft, and. In hindsight, you go, man, this team really shit the bed. They had a couple opportunities here to redo this offense or defense, whatever side they're really trying to focus the rebuild on. Hats off to Carolina. They did, a, to me, one of the best jobs I can remember in recent history. On the offensive side of the ball, in free agency, they brought in Adam Thielen, nice, reliable veteran uh, receiver, but done at the NFL level for several years here. Brought in Miles Sanders, brought in DJ Chark, who's having a great camp. Brought in Hayden Hurst, who had a nice year in Cincy a year ago. Brought in Andy Dalton as a mentor to eventual uh, first overall pick, Bryce Young, who we'll get to. I, I mean, they took two of the top three wide receivers in free agency. They got arguably the best free agent running back, especially in the early part of the offseason. 
Hayden Hurst is one of the better tight ends that was out there. I mean, they went out and completely rebuilt this offense. And then in the draft, I'll, I'll go who they got rid of in a second. In the draft, they added Bryce Young, first overall pick. Second round, they added Jonathan Mingo. And then the rest of the draft, they went offensive line and on the defensive side. So they did lose DJ Moore in the trade with the Bears to get up to get Bryce Young. But, I mean, they swept everything on this offense out of the building, brought in a whole new set of, uh, you know, starters. This is what other teams should aspire to do in the offseason. Now, looks good on paper. Will, will it be a complete epic failure as the season hits? Who knows? We'll have to wait and see how all the pieces gel. But, I mean, they did the right things. As far as losing players, like I said, they traded away DJ Moore. In free agency, they lost Sam Darnold, P.J. Walker, and Dante Foreman. But it didn't matter with the guys that they had brought in. This team on paper sure seems not necessarily better because it's a lot of this is going to hinge on how good young is at the NFL level, but the upside is there. I mean, they have a chance to really turn this whole franchise around in one season with what they did this off season year ago. Like you said, everybody won seven. They're at seven and a half in Vegas this season. Despite my glowing review, I just gave, I have them at three wins and you have them at six. So we're both going under even at the, the seven and a half, but I, I like where they're headed. They did a lot of the, right things surrounding young with talent to help him succeed in his first year. All right. Um, yes, I, uh, I believe I think six has been conservative. Bryce young is the truth. I mean, the undersized thing still concerns me long-term, but the kid is a quarterback through and through, and he's going to put this franchise right on his back. I think he has the, the quickest impact, you know, uh, from a win loss perspective of all, the rookie QBs out there. So I mean, I'm going over my six wins already. I think this is the team to beat in the NFC South uh, at this point in time. And Frank Reich, I believe their defense is just as good as anyone else's in the division. You know, their offensive skill isn't like, it's like a sum of the parts, but I do feel like they committed resources to actually putting viable pass catchers around Bryce young. Um, So I, I, and they have a good offensive line. You know, I, I think there's, there's something to be had with those Carolina Panthers winning this division this year. I think it's between them and New Orleans. I, I do not believe that Tampa is a threat, and I I can't get there on Atlanta either because their defense still sucks, and they have Desmond Ritter. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just – like I said, and I, I, I know I, – I don't think we did it on the podcast, but I know just chatting or texting or – group Twitter threads, whatever, talking to you in the offseason, we had mentioned who was out there and how Carolina had no receivers. And it's like, if they could get, I, I can't remember who the third guy was, but there were three clearly better than everyone else receivers in free agency. And we had said, if Carolina can get one of those guys or two or all three, man, they'd be a lot better room. And they did just that. They saw who was out there. They had the money and they brought them in. And that, and that goes with, the couple guys that they already liked in house, you know, they have LaVisca who talking up in a Debo Samuel role this year. They have Terrence Marshall who appears to be having a decent camp this year. So if any of those other guys kind of develop in the roles, they want them to adding a vet like Thielen and DJ Chark's been around, just been injured. And he's apparently. Healthiest he's been in like three years. They have good offense with Jonathan Mingo coming up behind these veterans too. So I, I'm 
pleasantly surprised with how they handled things. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if they made any attempts at DeAndre Hopkins because it was widely obvious that he was available. That would have been a nice, no one insult DJ Chark, but a nice upgrade. Fuck, insult Adam Thielen. I'll, I'll do that one. A nice upgrade over that veteran um, in their pass catching core to get an established, not like post post apex type receiver in a DeAndre Hopkins for for Bryce Young would have been a a little bit sweeter. But yeah, they they made moves to build around their franchise quarterback. Yeah, and you watch all the other teams just <laughs> look at the fucking Bears. <laughs> the Bears are just leaving fields out there to dry. Oof. Listen, they got they, DJ Moore. Yeah, you know, they they uh, went over. I mean, it's a, you know, they, a year uh, in. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. They they hung them out to dry last year. That's for sure. You know, they they were unfucking things last year from the Ryan Poles or the Ryan Pace experience. You know, before they had some money to spend to try to build around fields. But yeah, I, they gave him nothing a year ago. That's absolutely correct. They set him up for failure. That's what they did a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, I, I always wonder how people – I wonder how a lot of these guys respond to it. I always think of just David Carr getting just murdered, literally, his first season. And then, I mean, you know, what effect does that have on the rest of your career? I don't know if David Carr would have been good had he not got sacked 1,000 times his, his rookie season. But, I mean, it certainly doesn't help your development. Yeah. <laughs> no. So it'll be interesting to kind of see, you know, where these guys go based on what the teams did to help them, you know, very early in the careers. Listen, it's it's pretty bad when you wake up in the morning flinching. <laughs> Your toothbrush. Yeah. Everything's ah. scary. Everything's scary. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the coffee machine <laughs> ready to go on. Yeah. Well PTSD. Uh-huh. Yeah. Car starts. Car starts dinging before you turn the key. Uh, no, you swear it's going to blow up. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that so that that, <laughs> that concludes our look at the NFC South. That means we got one more to go. Um, then we're done with this offseason business and start looking ahead to the season, which is getting closer every day. So that'll do it for us. For myself, John DeBari, my co-host, Matt Walker, and our friends at Expand the Box Score, we are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. Matey. There's there's a few. I mean, now they're probably all just going to the medical tent, right? Cover That's up. true. Well, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I still don't. I always heard why they don't have like a facility on the field, like with a bathroom and like changing area, like you know something you have to get something changed, like take your pants off, like because the, the NFL is. I've said this a bunch. There is not a more poorly run. Billion dollar operation. <laughs> it only succeeds because people are fucking degenerates, and well, they, yeah. everyone gambles on it. Everyone plays fantasy football, and then there's the other third, which is legacy. Some people love football. 
Yeah, it's, it's too big to fail. I, I agree. Because you just I just remember watching Lamar Jackson waddle his ass back to the locker room to clearly take a huge dump. You don't even Still not to- admitted. He should have been like, boom, right over there. Like DK Metcalf had to get put on a cart to go take a piss or a dump or something like that because he couldn't move. <laughs> like yeah, put a bathroom literally right, right behind the benches. You, don't, you could just put a fucking porta potty. They exist. Oh, listen, you'd have to put some. They have to put one of those XL porta potties. Somebody's linemen padded up and everything. It'd be, oh, that's it'd be a little be like Chris Farley in the bathroom of uh, Tommy Boy in the airplane, <laughs> just come exploding yeah, out of the back. There's no time. reason. I mean, put a fixed facility. Who gives a fuck? It's for. It's what it's here for. for you know, put a put a, a fucking tube stall bathroom in there. They, they should not. <laughs> Can you hear my kids yelling? I didn't until you asked me. <laughs> you just want to. You get, you get another <laughs> yell. <laughs> just square it up. <laughs> I guess I'll, I was going to mute it, but I guess if you liked it. Yeah, no, I don't hurt. Mainly my stupid son. Joe! Joseph! Huh, I think you got the point. <clears throat> just had to hit him with the Joseph. Um, yeah, the NFL, any other business, that thing would have folded decades ago. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I get mean, it. Like, like, it, like Major League Baseball, there's like dugouts, and I know there's like pissers, like right man there. Like the NBA, like, yeah, you're like literally like a, a 20 foot walk, probably to use a bathroom. Hockey's probably the same. It's kind of, I mean, maybe it's just further from the NFL. All the more reason. Put a, put a, that's just bathroom. the tip of the iceberg. Man, Look at this fucking their no contracts. The way there have been I multiple love, coaches that just want to wear a suit on the sideline. The NFL's like, no, no, not allowed. Got to wear NFL branded gear. It's like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> big, big NFL man. It, it, it's the free marketing. <laughs> you know, everyone wants Bill Belichick's. <laughs> Cut hoodie <laughs> in, in New England. What yeah. was uh, the... You could just put a little logo, right? A, a lapel pin. If you want to fucking dress like Tom Landry with the fedora and a fucking sport coat. And honestly, the guys losing their mind is much funnier. You know, <laughs> big Andy Reid, fat guy, mustache, looks like a football guy. Him yelling at a ref. Just looks like the guy in the stands. Put Andy Reid in a fucking three-piece here, spitting like a maniac. <laughs> I mean, I listen, on that better. one, I disagree because Andy Reid in the giant red like onesie that he wears, like in the winter for Kansas City, <laughs> I would not want to see him in anything else than the the Santa suit. Come winter I mean, time in Kansas, City. I may have picked a, a poor example, but you, yeah, I mean, you get listen, the, the greater point. Yeah, idiot Mike McCarthy who doesn't belong in a suit oh, or on the sidelines. Now, nah, I mean that's exactly you got to you got to go with the ones you, you're talking about. Who would want to? I mean, all these new age coaches. Listen, Mike McDaniel probably doesn't want to wear shoes on the sideline. He just wants to walk around feeling the grass in his toes. Yeah, you know? 